the Next Level Contractor Podcast. Yeah, I'm talking about Mountain Dews, baby. And we're helping small businesses and construction companies be more profitable with better leads Eat and better systems. We're coming at you every Monday, 7 a.m., 30 minutes or less with no bullshit. We'll do it live! Do it live! I'll write it and we'll do it live! And today I'm talking with Todd DeWalt. And Todd has his own podcast. You want to tell him about, tell the folks at home about that, Todd? Yeah, sure. I appreciate the opportunity to be on here, Tim. It is the Construction Leading Edge podcast over at constructionleadingedge.com. So yeah. basically just stop listening to this one right now. Go listen to the better podcast over there. No, I'm just kidding. Um, can you talk about the topics that you cover on that podcast, though? Yeah. Um, the main thing I do is interview construction business owners and share their stories. My goal is um, really kind of selfishly. I My goal was to build something that I wish I had back in 2002, three, four, five, when I uh, ended up with an epic failure of my own construction business. So I thought, you know what, there's got to be a way to share the wisdom of all these people out there who have already made these mistakes. And uh, maybe I can help somebody avoid the mistakes that I made. So uh, that's that's what I started doing. And here we are almost six years later. And uh, yeah, so it's primarily interviewing construction business owners to hear their story, what they've figured out that works, that what doesn't work, share their wisdom. And then um, a variety of other interesting folks that I run into. And I talk a lot about systems. And uh, essentially, it's all about helping the small construction business owner. I love it. So today, just for the the people listening, I want to give you what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about important leadership lessons to avoid losing your best employees. And certainly, having employees... Um, and, and finding more great employees is a pain point for a lot of construction owners right now. It's not, it's not, uh, you know, one, one good thing about a recession, <laughs> uh, is that you have employees coming out of the woodwork trying to work for you. Um, sometimes when the economy is doing well, it's a little harder to find really awesome people, especially if you can't you know, pay crazy amounts of money. Um, so, I mean, I'll, I'll kind of talk through some of, you know, what are the things that you've seen that, um, that can attract ideal team player type people? Like you're talking to all these construction owners, how are they finding their people and what are they doing to attract them? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, there are a lot of people talking about the skilled labor shortage right now, that there aren't there aren't good people out there that want to work, or they say things like, well, the millennials don't want to work, or they're too entitled, or all these stereotypes. Um, but the reality is, I talk to construction businesses on a regular basis who aren't complaining about the skilled labor shortage. And in fact, they're picking up, they're upgrading their talent right now. And they, they're picking up top quality people. One of my clients is a, he's an electrical contractor in Oklahoma, and he has more than doubled his team in the last year. 
his, he's doubled his, his employee count and he lost five or six people. So mm-hmm. he, he has really upgraded. And in fact, he is extremely happy with the people he has. And the way he's able to do that is by creating an environment that people want to work in. It, it really mm-hmm. comes down to culture. Um, the the t- traditional mindset is people need money, they need perks, they need benefits, they need a truck, they need whatever. But it's not all about money. People want they want to be appreciated at a most at the most basic level. People want to be recognized. They want to be appreciated. They want to feel important. They want to be part of something bigger than themselves. So if you can do that, even though you're a small business, you can actually win the war for talent against some of the big companies who, if, if they're like people, some, if they're like some of the big companies I've worked for, they treat their people like a number on a spreadsheet or uh, the, the term that I like is human capital. I was actually referred to as human capital at one company, which, man, that made me feel special. I just couldn't <laughs> wait to jump out of bed every morning yeah. and just do the best my little human capital heart could. But <laughs> just treat treat people well, recognize them, just uh, make them feel important, create an opportunity uh, for them to be part of bigger of something bigger than themselves. Yeah. And, um, that's that's really what people want. What if what if I'm trying to turn it around? Maybe I, I've lost a couple of people, and I'm trying to, you know, I appreciate that, and I, I believe that maybe some of the people listening to this are in that position where they're able to be picking some talent up right now. But you know, there's also those people that maybe have had a hard time keeping a team or something like that. So I just want to so people in that position where they're trying to um, maybe come back and and build their team better the second time as they grow or something like that. Like what, what, how can we apply those, um, those awesome qualities of these, uh, these awesome environments and cultures? Like what, what are some things that they do well in those cultures um, that, that would uh, make that environment that would, the a players would want to be in? Well, the first, the first realization, the first thing people need to understand is that if people are leaving you, if you're having trouble keeping good talent, then the problem is, is not out there. All the problems are not out there. So mm-hmm. I once heard in a training session that self-awareness is like hugging a porcupine. And the closer you get, the more uncomfortable it becomes. Mm-hmm. So the reality is you as a leader are your biggest problem. I, I am my biggest problem. I'm my mm-hmm. biggest my worst enemy. And you really have to start there and look at what do you believe to be true about people? How are you treating your employees? What are the, the, the thinking traps that you fall into? Um, you know, if you believe, I'll give you an example here. Here's how this plays out. I've seen this over and over construction business owner or business owner of any type. It really doesn't matter. They, they've, bootstrap this business, they got it off the ground, they got it going, and then they have to hire people. But they believe that they're the only one who can fill in the blank. They're the only one who can sell. They're the only one who can lead a team. They're the only one who can write ad copy, whatever it is. They believe they're the only or they're the best. And then somebody, like they just happen to hire somebody who's really good, mm-hmm. maybe even a little better than them. Well, that person's performance is better 
than the business owner. So either consciously or subconsciously, that guy's like, or that this happens to women, I'm sure, but I, I know it happens to men. That guy starts to undermine this performer because mm-hmm. this person's performance is attacking their belief that they have to be the best and they sabotage them. They undermine them a lot of times subconsciously. And then that person finally gets fed up and leaves. And then the business owner throws their hands up and says, you know what? You just can't find good help these days. <laughs> Ouch. That almost hurts a little bit. I hope I don't do that to our employees. Well, it's, it, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And that's, that's why it's like the, the story of the emperor who had no clothes, you know, nobody mm-hmm. would tell the, him and his situation was in his blind spot. And the nature of a blind spot is you can't see it. Mm-hmm. I have stuff. I have these belief patterns that I fall into and I'm sure you do. And everybody listening has these belief patterns. And the key is to really hug that porcupine and take a good hard look at, am I the problem? Well, how am I the problem? Mm-hmm. And, and then start there because if you're the problem, then it doesn't matter how many good people you bring in, they will constantly leave and yeah. you're the common denominator. So that's where I would start is All right. look at yourself. Awesome. Um, what are some of the biggest problems you've seen with owners trying to motivate people? I think the biggest problem is that they're trying to motivate people. Mm-hmm. That they believe that they have to motivate people or that they can motivate people. Now that I'll just let that, I'll pause for effect there and let that sink mm-hmm. in. Um, but the reality is it's almost impossible for me to motivate anybody else. Mm-hmm. Now, if, if I take the position that I have to motivate people, then in my mind, they have no motivation. It's all on me. They mm-hmm. are lazy, disengaged, disenchanted, dis-and-whatever, disen mm-hmm. and I have to motivate them. And if you treat people that way, then they will, they will react accordingly. Now, the reality is, the truth is, this is according to research. Everybody has all the motivation they need. And a leader's job is to help that person find it. That's good. That's good. And this comes from a book called Instant Influence, which mm-hmm. is one of the most profound books that I've read about negotiation and selling and motivation. And this guy is a psychologist or a psychiatrist. I could never remember. And, and he was tasked with coming up with a method to help people in an emergency room situation who had a substance abuse addiction problem. And he, he had to come up with a method to help people break their, their habits and change the way they think in like seven minutes in that kind of environment. So one of the fundamental principles was everybody has all the motivation they need. And if you want somebody to, to be motivated, then you, your job is to help them find the motivation they have. Hmm. I appreciate that very much. That's a great take. Um, how do you dig up and solve problems? Let's say interpersonal problems and, you know, like getting the, the work done problems with your team without 
having a complete breakdown. Yeah, as I've heard, I've heard a lot of people say this: that look, business is easy, construction is easy, but people are hard. Mm-hmm. And there are there are a couple of principles that, that I've found to be really helpful for me. One is this principle that is called separating the event from the story. Um, so when something happens, let's say your subordinate or somebody on your team, the person you're managing, they make a mistake. They miss something. They do something wrong. There's the thing that happened, and then there's the story that we tell ourselves. So I'll give you an example. I was running a company. We had 40 or 50 employees at this time, and this crew left a four or $5,000 piece of equipment sitting outside in somebody's yard in the rain all weekend. And I found out about it, and I'm like, what the hell were they thinking? And immediately, I started coming up with these stories, like, well, they obviously don't care, they're in a rush to get home, it's Friday afternoon, blah, 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 all this kind of stuff, all of these stories. So uh, several of us in the office were pontificating on why in the world would these guys do this and coming up with all these great narratives about it. So I said, all right, hold on, bring them in here, let's, let's find out, let's ask them, why do they do that? And we did, and I said, guys, this $4,000 pump was left outside. What happened? And in unison, they said, Richard told us to leave it there. And Richard was the owner of the business. So we're like, ah, never thought about <laughs> that. He just happened yeah. to stop, drop, drive by, told them exactly what to do. He's the owner. He's the boss. They did it. And so separate the event from the story and make decisions based on the observable fact, what happened, don't make decisions and don't act on the speculation or the story mm-hmm. that you come up with in your head. You judge based on actions. Don't judge based on speculation or motives or anything other than observable facts. So that's that's really where it starts is let's, let's break this thing apart into the observable fact or the event and then split out the story and all the narrative that goes around with it. And let's make sure we act on the observable fact. So I am reading this book, Difficult Conversations, right now. Um, And it is very good. I certainly don't think of myself as an expert on this stuff, but I definitely have a need for it. (laughs) You know, I sometimes get emotional. One of the things that I thought was really helpful about this book that I'll share Um, It was just saying basically the idea of, you know, I'm, you know, when you're starting a crucial conversation or a difficult conversation saying like, I don't know that my feelings are valid or like, I don't know that that I might be crazy with my feelings, but I do need to get them out on the table, burn the underbrush or you don't clear the underbrush. You'll start a forest fire. Do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? You actually have to clear it out. And, uh, and part of that is actually sharing those things. It feels, it feels almost counterintuitive that like sharing your feelings when they're not that crazy, uh, will ultimately kind of make sure that you don't have these blow ups maybe with, uh, employees and stuff like that. I've seen that be very useful. And, uh, anyways, this, this book, difficult conversations has been really, really good. I've found, um, as far as like a resource, if you have, a hard time with, you know, having those conversations with your employees, um, when they're like a little spicy, 
and having a little spicy conversation. Cause you have to like, right. Like we were talking about this before the podcast, you have to have spicy seeming conversations with employees sometimes. Like there's going, like, that's like one of the, like the guaranteed things about owning your own business is like, there's going to be times where it's a very difficult conversation, but you have to have it because on one side you have the customer who needs a good result. And on the other hand, you have the employee who sometimes, you know, uh, you know, didn't do something or isn't doing things the way that they should be doing. So you have to figure out a way to like have these conversations. Otherwise your business will blow up. Absolutely. And you're talking to a guy who was a chronic avoider of things yeah. 15 years ago. And it's, mm-hmm. it's one of the reasons that, um, my business failed. It, was because of yeah. me and, and I had yeah. to, I had to hug that freaking porcupine that like Todd, it was because of you, you didn't face those issues. You thought they would just go away. You stuck mm-hmm. your head in the sand and absolutely. I, here's what, what I tell people is, well, a couple of thought, a few things. One, you, you don't get to decide if you're going to have to deal with conflict. Okay. Yeah. What you get to decide is when, and how big this issue is going to get. Mm-hmm. So you can either choose to deal with it when it's really small, or you can wait until it grows legs and it's this monster that's running around, knocking things over in the office, and it's become this cancer that's spread everywhere. So yeah. the next thing is conflict is not bad. Conflict is healthy. It's unresolved conflict. That's bad. So mm-hmm. if, you, if you look at like somebody exactly. asked me, what's the key to one of the keys to a successful family business? So, and I would say your ability to do conflict well. Yeah. And maybe even in any case, you know, Ray Dalio wrote this gigantic book called principles and it's pretty fascinating. It, it's a, a massive book, but he, he talks about one of the fundamental principles of his business, which it's a multi-billion dollar. He's one of the wealthiest men in the world. And one of the principles of business that he followed to success was radical transparency. Mm-hmm. And they would talk about things immediately, radical transparency. And they took, put, took feelings out of the equation and they just addressed it because it was all about what was right and not so much about who was right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what I, the other thing I tell people is if, if you want to take a fast track to the top of your organization, then master conflict because yeah. it is a superpower. People yeah. run from conflict more than they run from selling. People hate yeah. it. There are people who would rather jump out of a plane while giving a speech naked than do conflict. I mean, yeah. it is crazy. And I think it's not a bad principle to just like when you like train yourself that when you see that there's possible conflict actually go towards it. It cleans it up so much better. Like in my experience, like if you can, if you can train yourself to push into that, those Mm -hmm. uncomfortable things, they're less, they're, they have way less power over, uh, over you from what I've seen. Absolutely. And what I've learned is that whenever there's some sort of an issue, some sort of conflict, missed expectation with a client, for example, that is an opportunity for you to strengthen the relationship. Mm-hmm. Same thing with your absolutely employees. So if there, yeah. there's a little bit of frustration there and they're frustrated, go right at it because yeah. it's sort of like when you break a bone, 
apparently it grows back stronger. And yeah. I've seen it over and over. When you deal with an issue well, then that relationship gets stronger. So, yeah, yeah that's absolutely. so true. Go right at it and just understand, hey, we're going to, we're going to have a better relationship. I'm going to develop my skills. Our relationship's going to be better. Our culture's going to be better. We're going to get more business out of this as a result of going straight at it. Absolutely. I've been telling people lately just like, I don't know what about it is. It, it is, but this is, you were talking about Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill before this. And one of the key principles that I learned from that book the first time I read it, which I've read it like six times, by the way, um, which is just, Every problem carries with it the seed of an equal or greater opportunity. Yeah. And I just, I look at everything that way. I look at everything that way. When there's conflict, there's just, I, I basically I just tell people like, what about this? Especially when it's particularly painful. What about this? If this has now happened, how could it be something great a year from now? How yeah. could it be amazing that you had this problem? Just look at things that way and you will find seeds of opportunity every time there's a lot of pain in your business. Absolutely. And the key there to me is, is the ability to manage fear, right? Yeah, um, that's, absolutely. That's really where I, that's the thing that causes so many problems for entrepreneurs, you know, mm -hmm. for, for people who aren't entrepreneurs, like if you if you have insecurities and fears and limitations and all these things, just wait and put other people's livelihood, put your livelihood on mm -hmm. that person's back and the livelihood of employees, and you're going to throw gasoline on those fires of oh, yeah. those insecurities and things. So, the ability to manage fear is huge. But when yes. you're looking at those problems through the lens of fear, like, oh, my gosh, I'm not going to survive this. This is going to kill me. I'm going to end up in a ditch, under a bridge, homeless. Then you can't think logically. You're, yeah. you know, the brain psychology is working against you. So, yeah, absolutely. If, if you can take, put the lens of, hey, let's, let's put these glasses on that are looking for seeds of opportunity, that is an absolute superpower. 100%. Uh, one of my last questions here is what are some dynamics that lead to the most effective teams that you've seen? I know that you're talking to a lot of successful construction companies, companies that have thriving teams. I would love to hear about what you're seeing um, from those teams. And I guess, what are those dynamics? I would summarize it with two Two things, two places to get started. Obviously, this is a this is a journey to to get on to go on. But um, two two principles. One would be empowered execution. So mm -hmm. what that means is flipping the script on the old belief pattern that he or she who is higher on the org chart is better equipped to make decisions. Right. Yeah. The reality is he or she who is closest to the problem is better equipped to make decisions. Mm, that's good. So what that, so uh, like making that change. So that means, okay, the person that's out there in the field working on the project, the person who is interacting with the customer, maybe they're a designer or a marketer, whatever they're doing, the person who is closest to the problem, yeah. they have the best visibility 
they understand the context, they have the most information about it. And the old way of thinking is, well, you bring, you somehow convey all of that back to me. I will make the decision and tell you what to do. Terrible. It's flawed. You get worse results and you have demotivated employees because. And you get tired. (laughs) Yeah. And you're worn out and you hit, you become the lid on your organization. Yeah. So imagine this. What if, what if your people were empowered to make decisions and they had access to all the information that they needed? So that's Mm -hmm. the second part of this is what is called in the the military shared consciousness. So that means Mm -hmm. everybody has access to all the the information that they need and decision-making and information and authority is all pushed out to the people closest to the problems. Mm-hmm. And when you can do that, that changes the whole dynamic. And then not only are you going to have better decisions, better quality, but one of the most powerful and most unexpected benefits is you have people who are super motivated because yeah. they're operating with autonomy. They feel trusted. They're doing their own thing, coming up with their own plans and that's when people operate at a high level. And you really you stunt growth when you make everybody report back to you before making a decision and all that kind of thing. You know, I think it all kind of ties back into uh, just having your company policies and procedures dialed in, having some kind of standard operating procedures. Mm-hmm. And I do think that that is something that a lot of companies that are small struggle with here's what here's my approach my approach is let's not teach people what to do let's teach people how to think yeah so if there's an issue and somebody came to me and they asked me what to do i would say well here's how i would think about it and it was my job as the leader to move them along this delegation um, progression from Mm -hmm. do what i say to all the way up to just you take care of it and don't involve me at all Um, so teach your people how to think most of the decisions that you're making are not as a leader. They're not like magical, not some divine inspiration. You're using some sort of formula, some Mm -hmm. sort of process. Like, what about this? What about this values, core values? Yeah. So, so teach people how to think. And then here's one, one thing people have to understand is that uh, a lot of people are so concerned about their people making a mistake, but the reality is the cost of indecision or the cost of inaction is often much higher than the cost of a wrong decision, mm-hmm. especially on a construction site. You've got yeah. guys and equipment and, and you know, the, the meter's running. So one of the best pieces of advice that I've ever heard that I share with people is tell people, give them delegations of authority, tell them, listen, if you're out there in the field and it's going to cost less than a hundred bucks in material or less than than a hundred dollars in labor, just do what you think is best, and then we'll talk about it. That's we'll good. After that, and you got any more of those? I like that. That's a that's a nice little bullet pointed rule there. Do you got any more things like that, like principles that you've seen work? Yeah. So the delegations of authority would be big. Um, Get people to tell you what they're going to do rather than yeah. ask permission. Yeah. That's so good. if they're not sure what, 
if if they need it's almost practice that with them sometimes say hey can you try that yeah <laughs> you try saying that where you're telling me what to do rather than ask what do you think is the right thing yeah yeah so yeah. instead of asking permission then have your people come to you with a solution yeah i like that and say here's what i'm thinking about doing what do you think and then um you as the leader should avoid like telling them what to do make very few statements and ask questions. Yeah. So I do have to wrap up because we're reaching that 30 minute mark. Um, I want to ask where can people find you online if they're looking for you? The best place is my website, constructionleadingedge.com. And you can find links to the podcast there, links to a lot of my other stuff. Um, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn as well. You can find me Todd DeWalt and the last name is spelled D-A-W-A-L-T. Those are probably the best two places to, to track me down. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast, Todd. I'm definitely open to having you on again sometime if you feel like there's a topic that our, our audience would enjoy. And uh, thank you all for listening to the podcast at home or in your truck or wherever you're at. This is Tim Brown, uh, Hook Agency puts on the podcast hookagency.com hook agency all over social media and uh, it's the next level contractor podcast helping small businesses and construction companies be more profitable with better leads and better systems every monday 30 minutes or less no bullshit 7 a.m and have a good week bye-bye